0: Hi, everyone. This is Working Title, the podcast where we, for intrepid, handsome, intelligent, and entirely fraudulent reviewers, watch and review IMDb's top 250 English-language movies as of November 2019, going from bottom to top. So watch along with us, and... So now I'm officially, like Mark Rodney, alone,
1: podcasting by myself. I've attempted to restart the internet, but... Uh... Looks like we're going to have to science the fuck out of this.
0: Um, Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Working Title, episode 22. Hard to believe it's only been a week since we last talked. Um... (laughs) 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 So week 22, uh, following up a... What did we watch last time? Holy shit. It's been... been a long week any um, haul i'm <laughs>
2: hold on i'm working on it we watched uh cat on a hot tin roof
0: oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so following up the uh, enormously popular cat on a hot tin roof um <laughs> we're coming into a pretty good bend starting with the martian the first of a few films wherein we'll watch the united states go to incredible efforts to rescue matt damon um few of those on our list here today uh what is the martian about as you can imagine uh a martian matt damon um playing a character whose name might very well be matt damon i don't know um (laughs) gets stranded on mars and has to survive for a long time before he can get rescued kind of a 22nd century robinson crusoe
1: what the fuck (laughs) jesus (laughs) fucking christ sorry
0: (laughs) Your cat playing the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> They've been dabbling. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but before we get too much further, let's uh, introduce all the reviewers in the studio. Um, I'll start first. My name is Jack. And if I were stranded on Mars, I think the first thing I would do is for inspiration, I would get all of the socks available and put on a sock puppet show of Muppet Treasure Island as a sort of inspiration for how to survive while stranded.
2: <laughs> and you, you would record it on the log thing, too. Wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, if NASA ever contacted me, they'd have to sift through all of that first. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't talk to them until they had seen it. Let's hear from Mike.
3: Uh, my name is Mike, and similar to you, what I would do is I'd put on a one-man show of Cats, the Broadway. Very nice. With or without socks. No <laughs> socks.
0: <laughs> you know know all the socks. The... Well, if I had all the socks, you wouldn't be stranded, would you? I <laughs> guess not. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we're not stranded anymore. <laughs> is the premise of this prompt that we're all stranded together... Because it changes the calculus dramatically.
1: <laughs> I can only grow so many potatoes. All
2: right, June. Hi, I'm June. If I was stranded on Mars, I would immediately burn all of my resources, leaving cryptic clues for the people that would come and eventually find the site. <laughs> it was
1: written in blood, like, seven days. So this is, like,
0: the J.J. The Abrams rendition of the Martian where it's a bunch of mysteries with no satisfying conclusion. <laughs> and how about you, Shane?
1: Oh, um, I guess I would record myself saying every dirty detail about crew members that I could so that if I do die, I can, those tapes will for sure be released. And the only <laughs> way that they won't be released is if I don't die so I can tell them about them
3: blackmail to get rescued
1: yeah oh i'd have it all i'd be like those two astronauts are fucking
2: uh he cheated on his exam and
1: and, shane's like
3: hey thanks
2: for saving me first order of business delete all of sol 18 through sol 120
1: i mean you guys you saved me so we'd have to go to planet. just uh, just don't look
0: just don't look just just delete it
1: yeah also delete sol 220 or it's just me naked <laughs> talking to myself.
0: <laughs> it would take you to 220 uh-huh. for that. All right. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the movie. Mike, what happens in this movie? So, at the beginning of this movie,
3: we start out at a habitat on Mars. And it's, called, it's the Ares 3 mission with uh, six astronauts. Uh, the main character, Mark Watney, who is the botanist of the group. There is a storm that shows up and it starts to... Uh, Cause a little bit of uh, concern for the astronauts, and they decide that it's bad enough that they need to scrub the mission and uh, evacuate Mars. Uh, Right when the storm hits, Mark and his crew, who are in the uh, the uh, habitat, um, have to walk through the storm to try to make it to their their MAV or the uh, what is it called the uh, the MAV? Yeah, the MAV, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like their their space shuttle that's going to take them away. And during the process of this. A uh, communications disc breaks off the top of the HAB unit and hits Mark, knocking him unconscious. The crew thinks he's dead because they hear that there is a puncture in his suit. And after, I think he has like 60 seconds with a puncture in his suit before he dies, and they can't find him and all the debris and the dust. So they end up um, leaving him behind. And that's where the movie starts out, where Mark is now left behind on Mars and has to try to figure out a way to survive.
0: Yeah, this one really hits the ground running. Um, between the storm, I mean, definitely starts in progress. And one thing is, this is a pretty, pretty interesting cast. Like it's a, it's an, a good mix of people that did a lot of other movies since twenty fifteen when this came out. Um, I'm always excited to see Michael Pena.
2: Oh, I love Michael Pena. He, he is a it. treasure.
0: And who's um, Michael Pena? <sighs> He
1: is the heart and soul of this film.
0: There's a a couple uh, Marvel movie veterans, uh, Michael Pena and um, Sebastian Stan. I don't know if he's done anything besides these two, but um, also I feel like Jessica Chastain is like the typecast, hard-ass woman boss in every single movie that has that character now.
2: Yeah, just like Jeff Daniels is the, (laughs) the male version of that.
3: That's true. You know, I, I didn't pay attention to any of the other astronauts. <laughs> the only one that I remember, whose name I remember is Mark.
1: Commander Johansson?
2: Lewis. Close.
1: Oh, Johansson was the hacker. Or the, the computer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Every every astronaut <laughs>
2: crew needs a hacker. And it's always Kate Mara. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: Do you yeah. think Rid- Ridley Scott saw a... Nolan's Spaceception. It was like you know what I can make a better space movie uh, that's how I, I got I got a lot of
3: Nolan from this movie Ridley Scott's made a lot of other space movies well I yeah. know
0: that but. actually occurred to me as well is like Ridley Scott the kind of the pinnacle director of sci-fi where I mean there have been other good sci-fi movies but he's done like six yeah. of the canonical sci-fi films yeah, these, that are-
2: these
3: directors are the space race that we care about <laughs> I think this this movie feels like somebody um, made a bet with Ridley Scott and said, I bet you can't make a space movie that didn't have aliens in it.
0: I mean, the potatoes grew on Mars. They're kind of aliens.
3: No, they're <laughs> colonized. It means they're, they're from another place. Who did mm. Gravity?
0: Uh, Sandra Bullock.
3: Uh, that was Nolan, right?
0: No. Alfonso Cuaron.
2: Oh, weird. Anyway, I got some... I got some... Well, I... All of my notes are in this section. Um, Uh The first five
3: minutes?
2: (laughs) Yes, because I I didn't look away from the screen afterwards. Um, So, first gripe, during the storm, like, all of the the crew is, you know, outside. They're communicating through their radios that transmit through an earpiece, but everybody's just screaming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're like,
1: we gotta get back! Everyone's like, like I can't aren't... hear anything!
2: <laughs> like, why are you yelling? That's true. Um, Second gripe is uh, Commander Lewis, played by Jessica Chastain. Twice in the first six minutes, she screams, that's an order! And it, in my five years in the military and my one week at space camp, I have never <laughs> once said nor heard that term ever uttered.
0: Mm,
1: that was something I always said in my two weeks of space camp
3: but <laughs> oh,
2: I didn't get to week
1: two yeah. of space camp.
0: Yeah. It's lesson. It, they, they do it on day. Eight. Well, lesson one,
1: <laughs> if you give a directive, you have to say that's an order or people don't respect you.
0: <laughs> oh man. Oh, I how actually those, have notes in the
3: next section. So how about those costumes that are straight out of uh, every other Ridley Scott movie?
0: <laughs> I think I just borrowed it from Prometheus. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I have something too. what if they listen to Mark Watney? Cause they were all like, yeah, we should get out of here. And he's like, no, we should stay. If they would have stayed, that thing would have just blown right over, they would have
0: been fucked. <laughs> Mark Mark Watley nearly killed them all twice.
1: They would have been eating shit potatoes. For fucking
3: ever. So the reason the reason they said they had to leave was because the storm was gonna blow over the MAV, right? Yeah. But, but they had a crane. Later on in the movie, he had a big crane. Like if it had blown over, like 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 you're saying, Shane, why couldn't they just use the crane and pick it back up?
0: I think that crane was small.
3: What if the crane blew over?
0: Oh, fuck. Oh, God.
2: Yeah.
1: Then
0: they're fucked. <laughs> what, if it, what if it, like, broke? Then you double scroll over. Yeah, do they have a backup crane? Oh, no, they <laughs> just lift the crane up with a Mav. Oh, my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> she used the rocket to lift the crane. They'll science
1: the fuck out of it.
0: Oh, Jesus. I got to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> It's called right, Redundant so, Systems, boys.
3: <laughs> so after after uh, the storm passes and the, the five crew members uh, bugged out back to their mothership, which is in orbit, um, Mark wakes up. Well, actually, before Mark wakes up, we go to Earth. And this movie kind of takes place on Earth, well, obviously, and then up on Mars. And it switches back and forth throughout the film. Uh, back no moon, on Earth, though. No moon. Not, n- nothing on the moon. <clears throat> It's but important. back on Earth, though, there, the uh, the director of NASA, whose name is Sanders, played by uh, Jeff Daniels, he's having a press conference and he's uh, telling everybody that there was a problem and Mark's dead. And then we go back up to Mars, where Mark's not dead, but he's been Shit. impaled by an antenna that came off the uh, the communications disc or dish that hit him during the storm. So he wakes up and uh, he gets the antenna out of him, does some some surgery on himself. For as a botanist, as far as a botanist goes, this dude knows a lot about a lot of shit. I don't know if NASA trains you how to do everything, but he seems to be an expert, a um, jack of all trades. Yeah, he really
1: knew the answer to everything. Is yeah. this
2: an Armageddon situation again? About training a botanist to go to <laughs> oh space? Oh my God! Just yes, took it
1: right <laughs> off
3: my <fucking> page.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Well, good on you. Excellent point.
3: <laughs> Excellent point that I also had.
1: Is there a lot of astronauts trained in botany? Well,
3: like I say, it wouldn't be a Ridley Scott movie unless somebody had to stick something inside of their body and pull something out.
0: <laughs> mm, true, it's kind of like a a worse Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: when he when he pulls that thing out of him, it was acted so well because
3: that's exactly what we all would do. Just, <laughs> oh. I I had I had a a splinter underneath my fingernail. <laughs> A couple days ago,
0: and I can tell you, I would not, I, I would not be able to pull an antenna out of myself. The fucking
3: fingernail hurt too I was bad. I'm like
0: picturing Mike with a splinter in his hand or something, running over a chair and adjusting the mirror, and like getting the. Oh, I, I put a bunch of shots in my finger. <laughs> yeah, just shooting painkillers into your hand, so with like a barbecue tongs, trying to rip it out.
2: So, um. I'm going to I'm going to move along just a few minutes. So, he gets all situated and he does his first like transmission or like his like recording, right? Mm-hmm. And I like how he introduces himself. He's like, "I'm Mark Watney, astronaut." Like <laughs> like if NASA shows up and they're like, "Hey, we found a recording. Well, is it from an astronaut?" He doesn't say ah, I it. Who is I'm this, this hom- guy number? here on Mars? <laughs> Do you know him? It's like, yeah, hey, my name's Mock. I refill <laughs> the vending machines at NASA. I went to take a nap and I woke up on Mars. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's actually what his character was this entire film was him just coming up with stupid like I don't know, loopholes in maritime terminology and shit. T- titles for himself. Uh, yeah. space pirate. I, <laughs> I have a gripe about this part. In this film, as, as we're going to go through the story, he, um, he never once tries to fix the communications disc that took him out at the very beginning. Like he he goes in, he doesn't even bring it up. He goes in many directions of trying to communicate with people, except trying to fix the one thing that could like talk to the spaceship that just left and ask him
0: to f- turn around and come back. It, well, it's because um, this isn't in the movie; it's in the book, but. When he pulls that piece of the disc out of himself, he accidentally bakes it into a uh-huh. potato and swallows it, and he can't get it back out. See, they should have had that in the movie. It made more sense. Did you just make that up? <laughs> no. <laughs> my my read on it is that the communication was done through the MAV. No, later but, on.
2: But he had to set that up. So if I yeah, learned anything from one week at space camp... It says you can't just like turn around and re land and pick this dude up. You can't just make a Yui in space.
0: Yeah, but I think I think what Mike is saying is like there's probably a less convoluted way than like using a rover to look at shit, which we'll get to. But w- what what my read was is that the MAV was what had the equipment to communicate, like the rocket, and so all the communication equipment you, you know, know left as,
3: as, as far as a. Uh- a highly developed uh, space exploration company like NASA, I think they would come up with at least one other way to communicate, like a backup, or maybe a backup to a backup.
1: Yeah. Maybe like mirrors that he could like put <laughs> at the sun, in, what, in case a
0: seven forty seven flies over, he could signal the planet. Does he have
1: flares? So <laughs> <laughs> the satellite can capture space a picture flares. of flares.
0: But why doesn't he stomp around and move Mars rocks to spell out <laughs> help?
2: I
1: think he's gonna do with the rover. I think he's gonna drive, and he'll spell like "I'm alive,
2: assholes." (laughs) He he left me. (laughs) He burned a lot of leftover fuel, spelling out "assholes."
3: But (laughs) (laughs) speaking of fuel, so we so he starts to calculate out how long he's able to survive up on Mars, and he um, he figures with the amount of rations left over from the crew who left, and um, the you know kind of stretching it out, he can turn. What was supposed to be a 31 day mission or soul, which I assume is a day of Mars day um, into 400 souls uh, worth of rations. And then he also needs to figure out how to then survive another three years on top of that 400 until the next mission to Mars shows up uh, four years later. So that's his plan that he's not going to die. And he's going to try to figure out a way to grow crops on Mars and provide himself with enough food for three years. So, fun fact, a soul is about 40
2: minutes longer than 24 hours. That was a fun fact.
0: It must not need a leap day.
2: Do they have daylight savings on Mars? (laughs) Only in some regions.
3: Well, for him it does, because he's a farmer. (laughs) The farming regions. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, let's let's get into that. Let's uh, talk about how he survives. So, he, um, going back to the beginning, what I was saying about him knowing a lot about a lot of stuff, he figures that he can use the leftover fuel... Um, from the bottom of the MAV, I think that was left behind, like the launch pad to it, to uh, create an oxygenated environment. That I don't understand, but he he uses the the fuel mixed with flame in order to burn to create a essentially just an atmosphere inside of the hab that has condensation on the walls.
0: Yeah. So this leads into like a a pretty solid. 10 minute montage of him just shoveling shit so if you were
3: to take away all the montages in this film <laughs> this film would be an hour shorter than it was that's true
1: They um, I, the um, only thing they're missing is like playing taking care of business while he's like <laughs> building everything
3: <laughs> yeah the music for the montages was a little lacking I, I, I actually halfway through I started timing the montages so there's a 5 minute montage, there's a 3 minute montage there's a 4 minute montage it goes on and on of how many montages were in this film. Don't watch the revenant then.
0: Oh yeah. It's, an <laughs> it's an entire, entire montage. montage. <laughs> <laughs> or Rocky. <laughs>
1: um this was when he blew himself up, right? Right. Yeah. Like this is like I guess the most charm in the film is Matt Damon like doing something and coming back. It's like these weird reprieves from
3: well, I'll figure. I'll, I'll continue <laughs> what he was saying there. These weird reprieves where his log <laughs> becomes like Wilson from uh, Castaway.
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny that they included a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking internet.
3: No, but there's um, there's there's a flaw here though because he he says that NASA didn't give them anything that's flammable because in space, uh, flame is bad, explosions are bad. So he he mm-hmm. uses one of uh, his crew members. A crucifix to shave off the wood to use as a tinder to light the fire, but he's there for 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 he's trying to be there for three years. What is he using after the cross is gone to continue to burn to make the atmosphere in the hab? I thought he was burning hydrogen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he no, just he just, to he just, the, he just what's used it the, as kindle. Once the kindle flame is
3: going, it's just gonna go forever.
0: He just needs it to start it, so it it goes a pretty long way. And then once he does have plants, he'll have matter he can burn. I'm just,
3: as far as the science movie goes, this is a stupid movie.
0: I am in no position to say
1: anything about science. So I'm going to just assume that this is written by a genius.
3: Really? Because this film, this entire time, it felt like it was just trying to dumb down the science to you. Every single time they talked about anything kind of technical, they had to grab like a salt shaker on the table. And they'd like, this is us. We're going to be moving at this. So it's like trying to explain science to. Who is this movie for? Like high schoolers that they're like trying to get into science. Like we're gonna get Mark Wal—Mark, or not Mark Wahlberg. We're gonna get. Um, <laughs> we're gonna
0: send Mark Wahlberg Wal- to Wal- <laughs> light yeah. and, and
3: we're gonna, we're gonna like,
0: shoot Mark, War- Mark Wahlberg on the moon. Get these
3: kids into science. Like, hey, yeah, like, maybe well, want to join
2: NASA. On that note, I was very happy with uh, the the computer usage in the film because normally it's like, hey, I need you to zoom in on that
0: image. It has, <laughs> yeah. And they're just like fucking typing an essay. Okay. Well, I didn't want to bring this up yet, but you you started this. Uh, Childish Gambino works at NASA, um, <laughs> and he's a smart dude. And he figures out some super smart way to do like space maneuvers is the technical term. And to verify it, and this is ahead head. We'll, we'll get to this in a second. But to verify it, he goes over to the NASA supercomputer. And Plugs his laptop into a supercomputer because that's necessary and presses a button. And when it's done, he it just pops up a box on his laptop that says <laughs> calculations correct.
1: Now, I might as well have just said, By God, you're right. <laughs> a,
0: you've yeah, done a, it, Dave. <laughs> why do you plug your laptop into the NASA supercomputer and B? I've never worked with a NASA supercomputer, but I've worked with a few other computers and I've never had one pop up a little box that says calculations correct.
1: Well, you think NASA would be a little touchy too about people plugging random USBs into their supercomputer? Uh,
0: especially rappers.
2: <laughs> that, was, that wasn't for the computing power. It was just for power, for electricity. <laughs> he didn't pay his power bill. <laughs> he,
0: he likes the cold in the room. <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, let's we'll move up to that part, I guess. It's not very <laughs> just far. So skip all the way fucking forward till they figure
3: out how to <laughs> It's like them. the end of the movie, Mike. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that far off. So, after that, we're at... We're, that that happens at, like, Soul 200 and something. We're at Soul 54 now. <laughs> hey, we have to figure out how to eat until we get to that part of the description. <laughs> so, this is how he eats. On Soul 54, uh, the potato farm works and they start growing uh, pota- he's, well he uses his feces I don't, don't know if I covered that he uses his feces as fertilizer to grow potatoes and after uh, 54 souls they start to, to bud um, at this time we go back to earth where they're just now having his funeral for some reason so two months till his funeral and um, a uh, a satellite technician named Mindy is looking at um, some of the the shots of the of the old hab. And she notices that there's a there's a change in where the rover was sitting. And so, like, NASA comes in, they check it out, and they, they figure that Mark's alive. And then they decide that they're going to keep it quiet. And they're not going to tell the other astronauts so that they can con- concentrate on their mission. That becomes, like, a big point for later in the film. Uh, but they tell the rest of the world that uh, Mark's alive. And they're trying to come up with a plan to uh, send a rescue to get him. And then we have a back and forth with Mark and uh, the people at NASA after they try to figure out how to communicate with each other, where Mark goes out, he finds the old Pathfinder uh, from the 1997 mission and brings it back to the HAB and hooks it up and uses its old technology to relay uh, pictures back to Earth where the NASA has now dug out a replica of the Pathfinder and they use it to uh, use hexadecimal code. To come up with an idea to use the uh, the rover to set up communications so that he can type messages back to Earth. So this is,
2: I felt so bad for um, Benedict Wong's character, Bruce. <laughs> the whole time he's like, "How long? How long is this going to take you, Bruce? Like, I can do it in ninety two days. You have twelve minutes."
0: <laughs> also, how that is like the most common and lame trope ever where someone's like okay we need two days you have one.
1: Oh yeah I, I had two issues with tropes i had the slingshot maneuver which is used in every space movie ever and in talladega nights and in talladega nights so <laughs> name another genre uh,
0: <laughs> donald glover comes up and says all right we're gonna do something called a shake and bake <laughs> <laughs> pretty much
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah they kept doing it to him too he's like um, s- not even safely he's like just everything three days and like you have 12 hours
3: I think <laughs> you're going to slowly realize this entire film was a trope everything in it was a trope
1: <laughs> I I also like the, uh, the news when he's like so never mind Mark Watney's not dead what are you guys going to do that's all I have to say
0: but <laughs> We're working on
1: it. <laughs> we're just as surprised as you.
3: <laughs> as far as like a professional organization like NASA goes, I feel like all of them were acting like uh, frat, like frat people the entire time. Like they were talking to each other, like making jokes, like "Oh, sorry about that. We're gonna sorry we left you behind, Mark." It's, it's. A, I can't imagine NASA actually being that unprofessional.
0: Well, you know, NASA no? recruits pretty heavily at frats.
2: I think. There was uh, another ism there so he establishes like rudimentary communication
4: mm-hmm.
2: with like using hexadecimal. i'll I'll let Jack our resident nerd, confirm if that can be done or not. Um, but I think there's one point when the people at NASA also set up this like circle of uh, numbers to decipher like his transmissions.
3: I just I don't understand why he can't just write on a whiteboard but he did they, he wasn't sending any transmissions that's another yeah I don't know why he did that there was no point for NASA to set that up also why the hell does he like when he activated his rover or his um his pathfinder up on Mars why did it turn on the one on Earth
0: um what my read on that was and this wasn't super clearly explained but what my read was is that um, they so they observed him going for the rover before he got it, so they knew he would get it, so they had time to get theirs out of storage or whatever, right? Um, and um, what my read was is either they were able to link them somehow, so theirs would his would do what theirs did, and theirs would do what his did, um, or what what I think is more likely is they set up all the shit around their rover so they could like test and validate what they were sending to him because, you know, they would make his rover do the instructions that they sent to their rover so they could make sure they were sending the right message.
3: Why were they linked up, though? <clears throat>
0: uh, are you a rover scientist, Mike?
3: I mean, I could be compared to this fucking movie. I was taught it in the, the way that they break everything down to simplistic form.
0: Yeah, I mean that. That's my read is that um the I mean they were able to configure that somehow.
3: This is where we get the the the. Let's he's gonna science the shit out of that quote. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he does. Like the jokes I in this movie seems does.
3: pretty lowbrow for a smart
2: movie. I I liked the the humor in the movie because I and you know, I feel like that's what any of us would do just fucking talk shit and like.
0: Yeah, like I, I feel like that was a a fitting personality in the sense that I feel like someone who didn't have a humorous outlook or didn't have that personality would probably just die. Like you'd you'd give up pretty quick, um in Mark Watney's shoes if you if you could not somehow make light of it.
1: I would have eaten all the food until I was full and then launched myself out of the airlock. For sure, I'm not eating potatoes
0: for ten years. All right, (laughs) cool. (laughs) All right, what what happens next?
3: Um, after he starts communicating with Earth, they uh, try to come up with a plan about getting to the um the next Ares site in. I think they ended up pushing up to like they're they're planning on him being able to get there in 900 days now. Uh, however. During the launch of the uh, the resupply rocket, oh, wait, hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> Before that happens, we go back to sh- to uh, so we meet we meet Mitch, who's played by uh, Sean Bean, and he is in charge of the astronauts, I guess morale or mental state, and he is uh, adamant about letting the astronauts um, from the Ares 3 mission know that Mark's still alive. Uh, so he contacts them, he tells them that Mark's alive, and they get they- they're understandably upset about not knowing for a couple of months during the meantime they end up making this, this three month project work out and they're able to make a rocket to send a resupply up so their plan is they're going to come back, come to Earth uh, and they're going to shoot this rocket that's now going to go to Mars and give uh, Mark some supplies so he can make it the 900 days uh, that he needs to survive before the Ares Four mission lands on Mars uh, during the launch though the rocket uh, malfunctions and explodes when it's leaving the atmosphere and they are um, essentially shit out of luck and and, Mar- and Mark's now not going to be able to make it. However, Childish Gambino at this point comes in with the idea that they could take the returning ship with the five astronauts on it and do the slingshot maneuver around the Earth, giving it enough acceleration to go back to Mars, simultaneously picking up supplies from Earth and uh, delivering them to mark on mars and picking them up at the same time and then coming back to earth
0: yeah so go ahead this is about the part of the movie a little bit earlier is when this just turns into an ocean nightmare (laughs) (laughs) skip every inspection fuck it we'll just grab these rockets out of midair or mid-flight and not
3: to mention, one of the ways Mark solves his cold problem is to dig up a radioactive isotope <laughs> and keep it That's in his right. rover.
0: He digs up some kind of reactor to keep it inside <laughs> with them. Ooh, that dude's going to be entitled to compensation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, we obviously have to kind of suspend disbelief or whatever to, to get through this movie. But, you know, the moment the director was like, well not do the inspection. It's like not every single person in every theater across America was like, well that shit's gonna blow up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's, they,
0: a, that's telegraphed.
2: I think it would have reinforced like the the kind of unpredictability of this you know, all of this if they went through the proper procedures and it still blew up, kind of thing. Um
0: a little bit. I mean it felt less cheap because you saw them make the decision. And like the way they, you know, they said it, like how many, how often does this result in an issue? And they're like, well, one in 20, right? Like, you know, it's 95% chance of success. Never tell me the odds. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why. Until I watch this movie. So um, I, I feel like there's, there is something to be said for having kind of telegraphed it so it doesn't feel like they just pull it out, of, out of nowhere and just fuck shit up just for the sake of it
3: yeah did you uh, uh go into the China thing? no yet. but uh, real quick so the reason why they they found that they have to resupply mark and they can't make it all the way until the by growing the crops. Is, um, I forgot to say that the, there was a night where the airlock, while Mark is um, coming back in from outside on the Mars surface, uh, has a malfunction and explodes, and it kills all of the crops inside of his HAB unit. And mm-hmm. that's why he then is kind of accelerated to try to get to the uh, Ares 4 uh, site, where there already is a rocket ship who they sent early, four years early, um, mm-hmm. that he's going to try to make it to, to to launch that up to meet up with um, the, uh, the returning ship that Charles Gambino sent back. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, yeah. So China then comes into the mix where the rocket explodes and the Chinese NASA is watching the TV and they are talking about how they have this, uh, top secret rocket that's ready to go. And if they help out, then the world will see that they have this top secret rocket, but if they don't help out, then the science community will be mad at them. So just like China does, they step up and offer their help to the United States to send up some supplies to the, uh, the spaceship.
2: Let me let me back up a little bit.
3: Uh, I don't know if they explained this or or
2: otherwise justified it, but from my understanding, the soil on Mars is like super toxic.
0: Um, not toxic, but sterile.
3: That's why he uses his poop.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It, it lacks bacteria and nutrients and stuff that plants need to survive. So it's not like it's actively poisonous. It's just. There's well, just nothing there.
2: I also just looked it up and it says Martian soil is toxic. Oh, well then... Well then why'd you ask? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if they explained it in the movie or not. Why is it toxic? Due to high concentrations of perchlorate compounds.
3: Hmm. <sighs> that must have been neutralized by, my, by his poop.
0: can they just pull it out with a crane? <laughs> <laughs> Which
1: little did they tell him, he had, one of them had hepatitis. So he
2: That's <laughs> that funny, too. It's like, how, how would this movie have been if he just suddenly got E. coli? Because he threw shit in human poop.
0: <laughs> He's going to have to science the fuck out of this. <laughs> so, okay, so here, here's a question I had that I could not quite parse. Um, so, uh, what's his name? Um... The actor is Benedict Wong, right? Yeah. Um, he jokes around saying that, like, um, you know, his his uncle in China is giving them another shot at it, right? I interpret that just a joke, right? Um, but then later on, there's a, uh, like, this montage, of course. There's another montage of them <laughs> putting all the, the shit in the Chinese rocket of a picture of him and two chinese scientists on time magazine calling them brothers in arms so was he actually related to the people in the chinese equivalent of jpl and (laughs) time was highlighting that and that wasn't even a joke no or is like it feels weird to like just put some random asian guy with chinese people and then put the the title brothers in arms Have you? Have I mean, have
2: you watched the news lately? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was about
1: to say this might be kind of the issue we're having right (laughs) now. I
2: do my best not to. (laughs) I read that as, just like you said, it was a joke, and uh, maybe, the 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 juxtaposition was that he was like the lead fucking science guy uh, with their lead science guys. Not that they were. Both Asian, sure. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I was like, is is this, right, are right. they just putting making Time Magazine like mm-hmm. make a token of this guy? <laughs> uh, no, I think I think the Time
2: Magazine thing was a little little deeper. Um, I thought this was a great addition to the movie. Um, you know, two kind of unstable powers I- I- in the world as far as like political relationships go. Like putting all that aside for the betterment of science or some shit. Uh, I think that was a nice touch.
3: Um, what what year was this movie supposed to take place in? Did it ever say in it? Uh, AD
0: 2035, according to the Wikipedias. How many souls uh, is that? from? <laughs> um,
1: Approximately... Not one cosmonaut in this movie,
0: either. I, <laughs> that was, that. <laughs> I
1: was like, where is our random cosmonaut?
0: <laughs> we need a guy named Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: on the team. They had a German, they had Chinese help, but no Russians.
2: <laughs> I, I will, I have a, kind of another maybe potential gripe with this is when uh, they're doing their like press conference on why the uh, rocket blew up, the Chinese science people are watching it. And during that transmission or that uh, c- um, c- conversation, they're like, you know, we will keep this between scientists or whatever, that to me implied that they were kind of going against the state. And Oh, they definitely got murked by the CCP after uh, <laughs> getting
1: away from secret <laughs> rocket technology.
2: Yeah. So I, I read that as like, hey, th- you know, we're going to get in trouble for this from the government, but we're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. But then it's never approached again, and it's like all over Chinese national news and like... <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, this whole dynamic <sighs> felt very quick. And, like, they went from, like, oh, we've got this top-secret rocket that can get to Mars. We did the numbers. It works. Um, okay, let's do it. You know, and it felt very rushed. I get that having more of that would not have made this movie better, I think. I I don't think, like, a 30-minute digression into global politics would have, like, really been good for this. this right. uh This plot, I think, would have been a really interesting, different movie.
3: I think we all agree this movie could have been a lot less. (laughs) Jesus, Mike, you you just seem so
0: upset about spending an extra half hour watching a movie.
1: (laughs) 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 I think what would have been better, maybe I'm just spitballing here, but if like Jeff Daniels, like the guy comes in, he goes, Well, there is another option. And he goes, Oh, fuck, the Chinese. Or, not, not like that, but... <laughs>
3: Dude, <laughs> not all xenophobic. <laughs> but
1: he's like, oh, the president's never gonna go for this.
2: <laughs> I agree that the the delving into politics would not have been good for the movie, but I I think they could have no. done without that line. You know, saying it's like a... Even implying that they're going against the, the government kind of thing. I don't, yeah. You know, that was necessary. <clears throat> and they never followed up Maybe on it, they- so...
1: They could have just had one of the astronauts be a Chinese national, like, since it's an international, make it an international team, and then you can go, oh, well, the Chinese have a rocket.
2: Well, no, I think the way they introduced it was fine. Like, hey, you know, because I, I think that was the the no the honorable, or the, you know, the nobleness of it was, you know, these two scientists, you know, in China were like, we, we can't help them. Like, should we is it, it's the right thing to do should we do it yes and it could they could have stopped it at like all right you know i'll go convince the fucking chairman or whatever Yeah, i'll make some phone
1: calls yeah. well
3: they didn't so the special thing about their rocket was that it had the capability of also making it to mars and that was uh they implied that only the united states had that technology they didn't even use that rocket to get to mars though they ended up so what happens in the film is uh, Sean Bean ends up <laughs> oh, kind yeah. of kind of lets the the crew on the the returning spaceship know that there's a possibility for them to hijack the spaceship they're in and fly it back to pick up Mark, and then they can pick up resupply past Earth, and he leaves it up to them to like make that decision. So there's this little like powwow meeting that they have, the five astronauts, and they they decide that they're gonna go a wall and steal a trillion dollar spaceship and fly it back to Mars um, <laughs> yeah. Just and, and so they shoot the rocket up and the rocket just drops off in the lower atmosphere of Earth uh, the resupply and they take that back over to Mars so they don't even use the rocket to do what it was supposed to do you
1: make an excellent point the people at JPR are like what the fuck we just had to make a rocket get out of orbit yeah. <laughs> that's it it didn't have to go to Mars we could have yeah. done that in six hours Ooh. like we have 17 of those in storage <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bruce was like, "God damn it! I could have done that this whole time in
1: my garage." Like, <laughs> uh, no, I, oh I my think... god, that breaks this movie! Like a thousand people on Earth could send something out of orbit. Like
0: <laughs> I mean, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, like sending in bids and just shooting every rocket they have up into space. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Jeff Bezos that? would have done it within the next day. Yeah. <laughs> two, two, two day. You need me to Amazon Prime some shit to Mars? He would have his logo on it. With
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the guy oh. who drops it off on Mars would just fucking chuck it on your porch. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen. <it. laughs>
4: so-
3: <laughs> there's a there's a there's a line uh where they're where they're when they're talking about taking over the ship and flying it back to pick mark up and they're going around the table and um uh what's that guy's name the the pilot michael peña yeah michael peña he that's who Michael he's Pena like, Pena yeah, is. like yeah i know who he is
0: he's like go <laughs> like, <laughs> you know,
3: after watching the film i know who he is Um, he's like yeah we're ready to go and uh, the captain's like slow down you and I we're military we're used to this type of thing no yeah that was such a shitty line
1: being former military I would have said fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) 500 days
0: (laughs) yeah I don't know like I felt like that felt pretty realistic there was this time where we were recording the podcast and you know it was going to be a little late and you know Shane was like, oh, we're going to be up to 11. And she was like, I'm in. Shane was like, well, no, you and I are military. We're, we know we know <laughs> Sleep is foreign to us. <laughs> These two, they have to choose. <laughs>
1: well, and that's not fair either. What if one guy's like, no... I want to go home. Like this is crazy. What if it doesn't work? You know, like maybe some he has some logical arguments, but everyone's like, oh, we're going." He's like, "Well, fuck, I guess I'm Pushing going." Pushing out in. the airlock. <laughs> no, yeah. Then, then,
2: then the scene quick cuts and that guy's replaced with another actor. <laughs> <laughs> He's like,
1: "You're gonna have to knock me the fuck out. I'm not staying on a ship for 500 more days."
2: That line was like. See, the the problem was they introduce all these things and they never follow up because she's like yeah you know if we go through with this like we will for sure be court-martialed when we get back and yeah. it's like okay well looks like there was no ramifications
1: <laughs> also it's yeah, gonna rip. take us how long oh three years to get to him what if he dies in those three years on our way back <laughs> That's
3: a lot of money a
0: lot of money. <laughs> They're just flying back with his corpse in the trunk. That's, that's going to be a real, real tough two years to get home.
1: <laughs> Let the robots go get him. <laughs> they don't have a sense of
2: time. I will say, though, on the opposite note, um, Jeff Daniels' character, I was very afraid that he was going to be the over the top, like numbers guy kind of boss, right? Because time and time again we see that in movies where he's just against everything and is mm-hmm. essentially the bad guy, and in the beginning he you kind of got that vibe, but I was happy to see that you know he still had a conscience throughout the movie.
1: He's just practical. Yeah, yeah. There's- and, and he he looked at the bigger picture because when he explains himself, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's he's kind of right. Yeah, <laughs> this is um,
0: an interesting movie in that the only real villain or antagonist is surviving on Mars. There's there's no bad guy. Yeah. That's true.
1: Yeah, because what Jeff Daniels is like, I'm trying to get like 17 other Mars missions here. And if we blow our load on this, like there's no more Mars.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's like, well we got five that aren't dead, so do you want to get them home?
1: (laughs) 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 What do you say, like Congress won't reimburse us for a paper clip, let alone a trillion dollar mission that went awry?
0: yeah, so we we kind of uh, get them to the point of uh, picking up the supplies and turning back around to Mars. What what happens from there?
3: So they, uh, well, it actually jumps ahead. So it jumps ahead to Sol four hundred and sixty one. Mark has now made his way across Mars to the uh, the the um, uh, Ares four launch site where the uh, the shuttle's there and. He's told by NASA that he has to take the the shuttle apart and essentially bring it 5,000 kilograms lighter before it's able to launch high enough to be able to meet up with the uh, returning Ares 3 mission crew members. And so he uh, montage goes and he takes apart this the shuttle until it's just a chair in the middle of a uh, of the tip of the rocket and puts like a tarp across the top. Um, all the panels and windows are taken off, and he can't even control it. So as Ares 3 shows up, the, the plan is it's going to launch, being remote controlled by uh, the the the. Um, uh, His name
0: is Michael Pena. Michael
3: Pena. <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be steered by the Michael Pena up to by range. The
0: Michael. <laughs> so that I think um, it's like the Nina, the Pena, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> <laughs>
4: The-
3: <laughs> so then astronaut number two can then uh, spacewalk out to pick up Mark as he gets close enough. To uh, pick up the Mark. So that's the plan. But the plan goes wrong, as you would assume.
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my- <laughs> Good on you, Mike. You powered right through that. <laughs> a second. <laughs> <laughs> Ford, the the Michael Page, <laughs> the, the Nina the Pinter, and the Michael Page. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Oh. oh. All right. Um. <laughs> before I forget this, let me back up again. I'm sorry. Uh, cool part in this movie, and from my understanding, the book as well. They go to pitch this new idea or whatever and it's entitled uh project elrond oh yeah Mm, mm -hmm. and they make a big reference into you know the council of elrond i just thought it was great that uh sean bean was sitting in that room he was like yeah i I I know what elrond is
0: (laughs) yeah of course you fucking do you were there shut up you only made it through
3: one
1: movie
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean we haven't seen that movie yet so oh yeah I, I what, are think. They, what are they talking about oh
0: no <laughs> Hey, Sean, Sean Bean doesn't but die in this out one
1: everyone in the room knew what Lord of the Rings was and she she being like the media person had no idea she's yeah. like what and they're all like yeah it's Lord of the Rings god read the Cimmerillion <laughs>
3: <laughs> this goes back to my question of what year is it like anybody in the near future would know what Lord of the Rings was in the media
1: well, they may not know what the Council of Elrond is, though.
0: <laughs> so I, during thought was, the,
1: uh... I, I thought it was an Elrond-Hubbard thing at first. And I was like, what?
0: <laughs> the Council of Elrond-Hubbard. <laughs> that, that's what
1: I thought at first. Like, oh, that's right.
2: <laughs> no, it's cool. Oh. Uh, I, I like the the dialogue throughout this uh, scene. And they're like, so you want to send him into space on a tarp. <laughs> like, so like, also- yeah, I'm going up in a convertible.
0: I wanted to know if that was a reference because um, they make the joke about him going up on a convertible. And infamously, one of the first things Elon Musk shot into space was a Tesla convertible. So I don't know if that was a reference or just a happy coincidence.
3: I'm pretty sure Tesla shot that up after this movie came out.
0: So Tesla was
3: referencing the Martian. I think that's what Jack's saying, yeah.
2: Hmm.
3: It's quite the expensive. Rest reference, I, I think, I think it's a reference to uh, heavy metal, where the they have the the thunder or the what is it, the firebird flying oh my through space. God, heavy metal!
1: Wow, you Jesus. knew how to reference heavy metal. That was deep. <laughs> Damn dog. Uh, uh, <laughs> and this will be my retirement from the podcast. <laughs> you don't know who Michael Pena is, but you know how to reference heavy metal. <laughs>
2: Oh, Jesus.
1: But I'd also like to take this time to point out the real unsung heroes of NASA is these people that build these models for them to use in their meetings. This thing was a life-size capsule made of cardboard that someone painted and modeled for everyone. (laughs) That they had to get ready in like 10 minutes probably.
2: (laughs) I thought that too. Like, NASA would probably save a lot of money if they stopped painting everything white And putting just the most (laughs) advanced gym equipment possible on a fucking spaceship.
1: (laughs) You know, (laughs) those
0: Those people, like, under normal circumstances are going to be in that thing for two years. I think that's, like, a small price to pay to keep them from murdering each other.
2: Yeah, but have you seen their budget on white paint?
1: (laughs) 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 Also, their duct tape was, like... Translucent too, not just duct tape. It was like yeah, shiny duct tape.
2: tape. There's that Amazon <laughs> reference again.
1: Oh,
0: oh If right, right.
1: Amazon did, they ship it to the wrong planet.
0: <laughs> Mark Watney's gonna get a notification that's been delivered. He's gonna step outside his hab, and it's gonna be like, I don't see it here.
2: <laughs> they they put the a wrong package. <laughs> They put a UPS notice on there. We're sorry, we missed you. <laughs> you to go sign it out. <laughs> this requires an adult signature.
0: Ooh. Oh God, I'm. I, I. This does not make me excited for corporate space. <laughs>
1: oh, it's gonna be a shit show. All right. How many people are gonna get left on planets? Like, you take the Amazon board meeting would be like? So we left one of our uh, delivery drivers on Mars. Um, it's gonna take us four years to get him.
2: We need well, the help of the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we could pause this problem.
3: <laughs> All right, sh- let's uh, let's go on. So on Seoul five six one, the uh the spaceship arrives to pick up Mark, and they they execute the mission to launch him up into space. Uh, during the launch, the tarp gets ripped off, and and it doesn't have enough. Acceleration to get up to altitude in order to be close enough to be picked up. At the same time, the the, uh, the returning spaceship is moving too quickly for them to be able to pick them up without you know essentially killing each other. So they come up with a great idea. They have thirty nine minutes to do this, and they make a bomb um, in their kitchen and they strap it to an airlock and they blow an airlock to allow the decompression inside of the spaceship to have an accelerating force. To push the spaceship into a slower uh, flyby, and at the same time, Mark has to cut a hole in his glove and use it to like fly like Iron Man up to the uh, the, the Johansson. No, sorry, um, the captain who's come out to catch him during a spacewalk. So it's a, this last kind of tense moment with Mark flying through space with a hole in his spacesuit, uh, a bomb going off on their spaceship, and a spacewalk with a tether that's not long enough to catch him. Um, But they do. They catch him, and he survives, and they take him back to Earth, and he becomes a professor of space survival. (laughs) Yep.
1: I could just think of that Donald Glover's calculations were fucked. Because none of them were right when they got there. (laughs) They had to blow their (laughs) ship up to make it work.
0: They were only like a, a kilometer off, which... (laughs)
1: the computer said it was spot on too so i have to question the supercomputer
2: (laughs) so i got i got a few more gripes with uh this section so all right hit us june the first one being uh sean bean's character henderson i think is his name Mm -hmm. uh mitch he sends a cryptic message Well, first, he does a pretty honorable thing when the director is like, no, we're going to go with plan A, and he's like, you're a coward, Um, which I totally buy, Uh, him being just like a genuine dude, and uh, he decides to send some cryptic message to the crew of uh, the Ares 3, and it's like to some, one of the guys, as a, I, I, I just, the whole crypticness of that message was completely unnecessary. Because then he, yeah, he goes to, to what's her name? And is like, hey, they sent me a picture, but I can't open it. And I, I would feel like a NASA scientist would be able to decipher that there's no fucking JPEG in, on an email
0: attachment, you know? Yes, yeah, so this is Don't pretty much what he stamp. did. He, he wrote up like a little secret message. He fired up Notepad and uh, typed it in and said, hey, guys, <laughs> uh, you can actually fly back out to Mars. And then went and like right clicked it and changed .txt to .jpeg. And was like, all right, cool. This will fool NASA. Yeah. Science. yeah, right. <laughs> and then, like,
2: uh, Cape Mars character is just like, "Wait, there's no image here. It's it's an ASCII." Like, okay, let's let's cut it with the fucking Sorry. terms to make
3: us sound smarter. That's so um, what I've saying. This whole movie is them trying to sound smart and dumbing it down for
0: everybody. Also, it just like loading it line by line as it translates it out of ASCII. Yeah. Like, dude, that's that's fucking instant. <laughs> well, and did you see the like four pages
2: of like nonsensical code that flew by before it the message came up
1: (laughs) i was waiting for it to be a joke and i was just like they were gonna give you (laughs) a son of a bitch they got us again (laughs) oh nasa (laughs) well
2: then even the message was was cryptic it was like look at this coordinate or whatever what if they just like messed it up why didn't he just write hey you can slingshot fucking and do a shake and bake on earth and go get his ass Yeah, Uh, I mean, like,
0: at that point, like, if they've got it open, you can say whatever you want. You got got a lot of kilobytes to fill before (laughs) it it looks like a convincing JPEG, so... And everyone's going
1: to know who it's from, too. It's not like, yeah, (laughs) it's just going to throw them off the set. You're the only one in the meeting, saying you're going to do this. And that (laughs) feeds into my
3: personal computer. That feeds
2: into my second gripe, is obviously everybody instantly knows it was him. And the director over a little table talk is like i expect your resignation after all this is done and then that injects conflict into the movie and then is never followed up again yeah don't they
1: even show a scene where he's like on the next mission he's all like we're a go
3: yeah no then, he's he's golfing at the end
1: oh that's right that's right <laughs> that's they like, should have shown him hand his resignation in and no. he like, did a good job
0: So, you know, I mean, there's, like, the whole 9-11 commission. There's the Challenger commission, right? Like, all the fucked up, you know, space program shit gets, like, a novel written about it to figure out what went wrong, right? (laughs) This shit would be fucking wild. Like, oh, yeah, so this guy went rogue and told all the astronauts, and then he got fired for it, and that's super cool. Yeah.
1: And it turns out the astronauts stole a space station and flew it around Earth (laughs) without permission
3: (laughs) Okay. Why Why did Sean Bean, like, as a like a, a director of, like, the astronaut people, why did he think it was a good idea to let them decide? Why did, like, is this a trillion-dollar mission and he's going to let five people decide? I don't think it
2: was that. It's that he knew, because he was the one that was actually in touch with um, camar- the idea of camaraderie, you know. Yeah. So he, he knew from the get-go that they would, he, I think he even says it, like, the crew will absolutely fucking do this.
3: Yeah, but the the Jeff Daniels says though, like it's it's risk five people's or six people's life or one person's life.
1: This is why chain of command exists
0: because you need people
1: that aren't in
3: the situation. <laughs> hey, to
1: shame. have a, an emotional. They're in less the military.
0: View. They know what they're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but to to. Kind of what you mentioned here, and I guess we're kind of through pretty much the whole movie. They do, they do drag, uh, Mark back, uh, Marky Mark. And I think, so I like this movie a lot, but I think one of the the difficulties it did have is it is so many things at once. And it just, for the two and a half hour runtime, it still does not have enough time to like, let some things breathe or to let some things play out where you know, like Apollo 13, like this was Apollo 13 and Hunt for Red October and Castaway, and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> and there's, there are so many different dynamics going on that each could have been their own compelling story. And it doesn't have the time to let them play out as much as they each deserve.
2: So, Jackie have you read the book?
0: Yeah. It's this been a th-
2: long time, though. I mean, does it follow up on any of this shit? Like, was it just bits and pieces from the book that they didn't have the runtime to fill? Or was it just Hollywood?
0: It's been so long since I read the book. I read the book back in, like, 2015 or 2016. And, I mean, you always have a little more time with the book, but all I remember is this being pretty faithful to the book. Seems like it'd be pretty dense.
2: And then, on that vein, my third gripe is... The, before one of the, the lesser astronauts, I guess, um, he's in charge of setting the bomb and doing all that shit or whatever. And Kate Mara's character like meets him with the bomb and like kisses his helmet. He's like, don't tell anyone I did that. Uh Like they inject a completely pointless, like romance bit to this that again is never followed up and oh they're at the very end they have a kid together
0: but i mean still like that's like um and they they do precede that with one thing where like he's docking the the resupply payload and she waves at him and they wave at each other but the thing is like it's it's still very cute it's like a three-beat romance it's like wave kiss baby done right well, like that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then the other part of that that scene is after she kisses his helmet, I'm like, well, that dude's dead. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) So this may have been covered by the science talk, but so the idea to slow down the space station was to plant the bomb on a door, blow it open. So that creates a vacuum and slow all that escaping air will slow the, like a reverse thruster. Right. Yeah. Why not just open the door?
0: I now, assume that spaceships are programmed to not let you unintentionally blow out all the atmosphere. Well, she
1: overrid NASA's ability to take back its own ship through seven <laughs> different systems, so she couldn't just override the doors.
0: Do you, what movie do you think this is? Swordfish?
1: I I just I was like thinking the entire time, I was like, why not just open the door? It does the same goddamn
3: thing. Going back to my gripe about this movie, them dumbing down science, when they're building the bomb, she shows up and he has to explain to her that he's using sugar and, like, liquid oxygen in order to make a explosive. It's like, stop stop dumbing the science down. Just You just say you built a bomb.
0: Is it dumbing it down to, like, explain actual bomb ingredients? No, what I mean or is it dumbing it down I, to what say, what don't ask by... questions, I'm just building a bomb?
3: No, what I mean by dumbing it down is this entire film is trying to trying to be smart the entire time and make you think that it's a smart film like it where they they're sitting there being like when we fly by we're going to and they're at the dinner table and the captain pulls out a drink and she's like this is us and this is mark and then he has to do a little diagram with everything it it just it seems unnecessary for him to explain that he's putting sugar to make a bomb he could just be well, I mean, building a bomb.
1: Using that logic, though, the Highlander would make less sense because they would never explain that there can only be two. They, you just have two dudes fighting because they know <laughs> there can only be one.
3: <laughs> you just have random Highlanders fighting. You, you, you have to show some things. It doesn't continually shove down that there only has to be one.
0: Mike, Star Wars would not make sense without Mandalorians. <laughs> 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 this just, is a slippery slope. You're getting slope. mad
1: about a, sci- a pro-science movie. You know, talking about science. No, no, no. You problem. guys are
3: misunderstanding me. I'm not getting mad about a pro science movie. I'm getting, getting mad, mad about, about how the much... visual aids. Yes. <laughs> I am getting mad at the visual aids. Well, why do I need visual aids throughout this whole thing?
1: See, June and I are military men. We understand the importance of visual aids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they know what they're getting into. Dude. <laughs>
2: uh, so also, are you, saying, that, are you saying, Mike, that you would have rather seen them say rather have seen just like hey here's a bomb all of a sudden or are you saying that they should have described it further with like real science
3: no i'm not saying they should describe it further i'm just saying that they're really pushing the fact that they're trying to be smart and i don't like that this film is trying to make it it's trying to convince me as a viewer that they are smart people in this film and i understand they're astronauts i don't need them to Make their science believable to me. They can say, "Hey, this is what's going to happen," and this is, and that—that's it. You don't need to say this is how it's going to happen in Legos, where it's now small and simple, and s- so I can understand it as a dumb viewer. That's what I felt like they're doing this entire film. I could, well, p- I could potentially buy that a little bit.
1: Following that vein, though, like, um, I think where the issue is, it's the astronauts in space, and I get like they're smart, they're very smart people, but there's a lot of smart people on Earth too. And they're like, oh, they don't understand. I think a lot of people that are on Earth would be able to solve these problems and they tell the astronauts what to do. Like, these astronauts knew everything about anything that they needed to solve a problem when it wasn't the Apollo 13 like Earth was solving a lot of the issues and telling the astronauts, and the astronauts were implementing them. I mean, you had to be smart to implement them, but
0: well, there was an element of that, too, where, like, once they contact Mark, they're figuring out a lot of how to keep him alive and how to get him, how how he can, like, drive for 90 days to the other launch site, right? So there is an element of that.
1: A little bit. It just seems like our characters knew everything about anything they needed to, which is a little bit of movie, but
0: well, I, it didn't know, bother
1: hey, me, but hey, I, I'm kind of following shame. Mike on the Pena here. <laughs>
0: This is why it's easier to send chemists into space than to train astronauts to be
4: chemists.
1: (laughs) Uh, I have another gripe. Uh, The astronaut that does the spacewalk, he's like Mr. Spacewalk. And he's like jumping from platform to platform
3: right no tether and I was,
1: yeah i was like why not just be tethered that way you're not just like huh, huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank god like <laughs> just did, just have a tether
2: i said the same thing while i was watching it was just i think it was too much forced suspense mm-hmm. without a, a payoff like i said i already thought that dude was gonna die and then they do all this like you know he's like propelling himself and crashing into the ship and
3: <laughs> and doing all that. That's, I just, that's, why the, that's why the captain took over. She was watching him out the window. I was like, what the fuck
2: is that yeah.
1: guy doing? <laughs> she gets into space chair and just like psh,
0: psh. So I, I will yeah, you, agree. You idiot. I think um I, I think there's this movie is generally good, but I think it does falter at the end in that some of the suspense does feel cheap and does not feel rewarding to resolve like the whole Iron Man hole in the suit thing of him trying to shoot uh-huh. himself out of the out of the the capsule to make like the final 50 meters or whatever that just felt a little contrived and I can get how like it, it might also not feel satisfying to like you know for her to just reach out and grab him just fine but it, it just didn't come together right.
1: I think they could because they wanted something to go wrong, but they made too much go wrong. Like, I think they could have just done it with the bomb. And then it was like she goes out there and it's like, oh, maybe they're not going to make it. And she grabs him. We didn't need the Iron Man with endless oxygen. Yeah, I guess like, it's
0: <laughs> one of the issues is the margins are so fine is in that it, it's hard to have anything go wrong. That isn't so wrong that everybody dies, you know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's true. Which is another thing I didn't think about. What if that chemist like put too much sugar in on accident? Like he just <laughs> cooked it a little too much and made like a super bomb. <laughs> <Just>, Holy shit.
0: <laughs> <Or> <laughs> Mark, Mark's, Mark just watches it explode in the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it wasn't enough well, and he just like, it just poots. <laughs> de- <the> end. End. <laughs>
1: Debris flies and like cuts it in half. and like, <laughs> Or it like hits Mark.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or they do get marked, but three other astronauts die in the process.
1: And then she just plugged. He's like, "Just plug this into the that." And I was like, "How did she just plug it in for the ignition source? Like it was just a wire, and she just plugged." it. Did she just plug <laughs> it? It into
0: was a, a, a US USB there? port.
1: I know, that's what I know. I was like, what
0: the shit? (laughs) Fucking plugged it into a phone charger. Also, we're still using USB-A in 2035. (laughs) No, no, no. not only that,
3: but at the beginning of the film, when he plugs in the Pathfinder to the battery at the Hab, somehow the cords fit into a 97 Pathfinder unit.
0: That runs on Windows 7. (laughs) Shane, Windows 7 came out in, like, 2014.
1: Science... <laughs> sucks the shit out of that.
2: I like I like the uh the classic movie trope with the bomb too. Like it's clearly the ignition system is clearly based on her pressing a button to set it off. Oh, but yeah. it like zooms into the bomb and it's like beep 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 beep. beep, beep. <laughs> like what the
1: fuck? I programmed this like- very dramatic countdown system. Well.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I had some LEDs laying around. Is that the part that was missing Mike? Is that he didn't explain when he put LEDs on it? Oh <laughs> um, yeah. man. Also the voice Jack, is like I know vibes. I know you like
3: this movie, but I, it doesn't don't blind yourself by the shittiness to parts of it. I can't blind myself
0: cuz I got these LEDs to see better. <laughs> All right, so I think we've probably said enough now time for the the most important part where we impose our own ranking on this list of 250 movies to see before
3: we do this. I'm sorry. Can we kind of say one more thing? When I uh, when I googled this movie, the first thing that showed up on Google was, was this movie was the Martian based on a true story? (laughs) (laughs)
1: I was thinking that during that too I was like wait they're on fucking Mars don't be an idiot
0: (laughs) (laughs) when Elon Musk left Mark Wahlberg on Mars (laughs) so now for the most important part of the podcast where we the four reviewers make our own list and rank this movie among the ones we have seen so far so this is movie 22 Um, coming fresh on the heels of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof which most of us ranked pretty low Um, yeah Let's go in reverse order of our uh, introductions. Um, Shane, where would you put this movie?
1: So this is actually one of the harder movies to rank. Uh, I'm super conflicted because I actually really did enjoy the movie quite a bit. It does have a lot of flaws when we go back on it. Like, so I'm sitting here probably below Sleuth at number six, just above Fiddler on the Roof. Um yeah I really enjoyed it though, but it has a lot of flaws when you kind of look back
2: on it now
0: um okay, Jim,
2: I'll kind of double back on that um it's it, it I obviously had a lot of gripes, but I think they were very small gripes, and uh a lot of them was kind of taking away the suspension of disbelief to create those gripes. Um, there was also the, it's from a cinematic standpoint, the pacing was very good. Like instantly Mm -hmm. it starts off with action. Um, Mm -hmm. and in a movie that's kind of fundamentally about boredom, like you have to draw the audience in quick. And I think it did do that. Um, very enjoyable. Kind of kept me on, on the edge of my seat for a little bit of that. Uh, I think I'm going to throw it at number three between big fish and fiddler on the roof.
1: I was leaning towards that originally,
3: but, uh,
0: yeah, good job, Jen.
1: I agree
3: with
0: yours. <laughs> Mike, where do you put it?
3: Well, if it were the first time I watched this film, I felt the same way as you guys did. I thought it was a, a really fun movie, but now that I've watched it again and I've been annoyed by it, um, I'm going to put it below Fiddler on the Roof for me, which puts it at number seven, just above Annie Hall.
0: So you like this one just a little bit more than Annie Hall? <laughs>
3: Jesus, yeah. Mike. Jesus, I
2: why is Annie Hall so
1: high on your list? Wait, Annie Hall didn't annoy you, but them explaining how, like, gravity works
0: annoys you. <laughs> you were cool with Woody Allen explaining love, but you can't handle Mark Wahlberg explaining <laughs> 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 Don't tell me <laughs> how to Mark make Wahlberg, a sugar bomb, you fuck. Now
1: tell me the intricacies of love.
0: <laughs> so, where I would put this movie is, I think I've mentioned this before, I feel like there are, are three dis- distinct tiers on my list. There's the movies that are incredible and kind of stand above the rest. There's movies that are just outright bad that I did not like at all. And then there's kind of this middle ground of movies that were good or enjoyable, but didn't quite, uh, transcend, if that makes sense. Like they, they were missing something that made them, you know, a big fish or a her. And I think the Martian is right near the top of that category of movies that were really good. I really enjoyed, but, didn't quite step up to the next level so i'm gonna put it uh for me at number five just above rio bravo right behind kill bill volume two
1: nice yeah that seems about we all kind of agree on its placement
3: there kind what the like, fuck uh, you guys give me a bunch of shit for what i choose and you give jack a nice it's cause just because he read the book and watched the, watch the film doesn't no make a laws
1: mo- of science <laughs> <laughs>
3: You guys you guys don't, you can even listen to what I said. I have no problem with science. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Mike, let me ask you, had this been your, when,
2: hearken back to the day when you first saw this movie, where would you have put it? <laughs> the
0: halcyon days of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, June,
3: I would have put this as number three. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll buy I remember that this movie was awesome when I first watched it, but not so much now. Okay. So you watched it with the privilege of
1: already knowing the science.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you you know the science Mike because it was explained to you before. Back <laughs> <laughs> in 2015 you'd learned it.
3: Maybe I'm just too proud. I don't need I don't need
0: handholding for my movies. <laughs> do you do you always do that with movies you're watching the second time like, yeah, I already know how this works. Skip this part. Oh, you should see me when I'm watching cooking videos. I yell at the guy.
3: (laughs) We get it. Two teaspoons,
0: okay? Don't dumb it (laughs) down for me. I've seen people put spices in a teaspoon before. I don't need to see this part. All right. Final verdict. Uh, Would you recommend washing it, Shane?
1: Absolutely.
0: June? Yes. Mike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks for... uh, joining us to watch The Martian. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk to you some more about um, such... We're on a hot streak now. We're actually going to go on a, a string of movies that I think we'll really enjoy. I'm super stoked about next week. Yeah, next week we're going to be watching and reviewing The King's Speech, um, followed by the week after The Incredibles. So wait, be- wait, wait, wait,
2: wait. We didn't uh, do the whole, like, how did this movie do and... Trivia and all that oh, shit. Oh,
0: yeah. God. Oh, we're already at like an hour. Um, we, we won't be after I cut out all the Shane. So this is uh, oh, yeah. based on a true story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, I'll, I'll say this How, stuff and you can kind of put it back in the right place, June. No, um, I'm not going
2: to do that. <laughs> it's going to live right here where you said it. <laughs>
0: Jesus. <laughs> Why don't we just skip it? How did it do? fucking tanked (laughs) (laughs) no i did fine was it because of the science (laughs) yeah too many too many people hated the science mike
1: oh thank god did it win an oscar
0: oh fuck how much do you guys want from me
1: for best original science
0: (laughs) (laughs) best use of a stapler in science (laughs) All right, so how did this movie do? This is uh, was on a budget of $108 million, so maybe our most expensive so far. Brought in mm-hmm. over $600 million, like $630 million. So immense success, hugely popular. Um, critical response. Um, it... Oh, I have to click under a separate Wikipedia page to see all the shit I got nominated for, so I guess pretty good. Where's the one people care about? Academy Awards. It did not win an Academy Award. It was nominated for seven. That makes sense. Um, So, yeah, nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Screenplay, uh, Best Visual Effects, Production Design, Sound Editing, Sound Mixing. I will say, so I recently picked up a surround sound system. This movie kicked ass on surround sound. Nice. Oh.
1: I guess the podcast is doing a lot better than I thought it was.
0: Oh, yeah, you'll you'll get your check in the mail. So, uh, interesting tidbits. So, um, this was kind of contemporary with Interstellar, I think we mentioned. Kind of some similarities. Uh, Yeah, if we're talking about long movies, um, (laughs) Jesus, Interstellar feels like it takes 90 years. Um, NASA actually helped with this one, uh, which is unusual for NASA to kind of step in and assist with movies. And interestingly, they actually aired this on the International Space Station, which now, I'm not military, so I don't know what I'm getting into. But <laughs> that feels like bad juju to me.
3: you know, giving them some ideas. Oh.
1: They were just sick of space cowboys, so they gave them a new space movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> thing like I, I can just picture the astronaut thing like you know we do need to slow down okay we'll, we'll get on the thrusters no hold- do you want to John put that sugar
2: down <laughs> no no that's Kill there's logic there's logic to that uh, Mike remember when we went skydiving and the week before we just watched fucking compilations of skydiving accidents <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: compilations
1: ah. I used to confuse this movie with Mars Attacks until like 3 weeks ago. And on that <laughs>
2: note, thanks
3: for tuning in everybody.
0: <laughs> I always mix this up <laughs> with Plan 9 from Outer Space.
3: <laughs> uh, you know why you know why NASA got involved on this film is cuz they weren't doing anything else at the time.
1: That's where all their budget went was consulting. They're hoping they could they siphon now. off some of
0: that $100 million budget to feed some interns or something. <laughs> like
1: the Martian consulting paid to feed interns.
0: Can, can we keep the maps of Mars when you're done?
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need those spacesuits back when
0: you're through with them. <laughs> can we keep the prop rockets? We might be able to do something with them. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week.
4: Bye!